This is the Winner's Take with host Nelson Rowdy Raisbeck and professional sports handicapper Dave Essler. Welcome back into Winner's Take. We're going to go with our second episode here. As always, I'll be your host, Nelson Rowdy Raisbeck. As always, I'm joined by professional sports handicapper Dave Essler. Dave, how we doing? Doing great. I mean, I, I didn't track our bets last week, but I feel good about the content and I feel good about giving out more of it today. So I'm glad you brought that up. So just to review last Tuesday's podcast, we did go two and four, so not necessarily what we were looking for, but we did have a ton of closing line value, which hopefully in the grand scheme of things after the long MLB season would correlate with winning more often. Yeah, it absolutely will. I mean, that's a big thing about with professional sharp betters is that closing line value. You know, and, and maybe some of our listeners know, but some probably don't that, you know, you have to win 52.38% of your bets at minus 110 to break even. Now, I know in baseball, we're not always late at minus 110. Sometimes we're dogs, sometimes we're, we're favorites, but you know, probably averages out to close to that. And and winning 52.38 is not as easy as you think it is. And if you can get closing line value on, on a total or anything like that uh, over a period of six months, you will make more money. So now just kind of diving into today's podcast. So we are here currently on Thursday, April 6th, but we are looking at the April 7th, so Friday's slate of games in Major League Baseball. So again, just like the last podcast, we're looking at these lines nearly 36 hours before some first pitches. So it's a little bit tougher. You're kind of going on less information, especially with, I know we touched on it last time, but bullpens and activity, everything like that, who's playing the day before. It is again, over 24 hours out. So we will do our very best once again. But Dave, to jump right into the Friday slate, April 7th, what are you looking at here? Yeah, I mean, it's tough because you have a lot of situations where you have teams that are playing today and flying tonight and playing again tomorrow. And you have a lot of, there's a few that are teams that are playing today that are playing teams that are rested today. So it looked like there were a lot of, you know, I guess I would call them intangibles that are beyond um, analytics that we'll be needing to to get into place to sort these out. I, I don't have one that, like, I'm going to say, okay, well, I'm going to bet this, uh, especially with uh, what happens in the first game of the series. A lot of them start tomorrow as I don't know the umpire. I mean, you can find out game day, but usually fairly late. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of umpires that call games very differently. So there's, uh, you know, nothing that jumps out, especially first games. I mean, those are, those are kind of tougher than, than games going forward against the same team. I, I like second, third and fourth games, but this is going to be a difficult one. Have you got, you got games that you're going to put my mortgage on? (laughs) See, I, I kind of agree with you on that. I didn't have any games that just completely jumped out at me. Like I had for our first pot, I had two of them that really jumped out on me, ended up going one-on-one on those two. And we scalped a small profit between those two picks, but yeah, nothing on this slate that were really like, you know, everything lit up saying here, bet this, bet this. I had more totals than I did sides for uh, this slate of games, but I would say 
one of the games I want to ask you about, because it was one I wrote down as, you know, put an asterisk next to it. This might be one I want to bet, but it almost looks too good to be true. It was one of those. I started going through it and I, I get there and I go, you know, part of me wants to bet this. And the other part of me is telling me Dave Essler is whispering. It's too easy. And that would be the uh, Chicago White Sox minus 125 on the money line against the Pittsburgh Pirates. And the reason why it just seems too easy is Lucas Giolito, that's a name. That's a guy that's been in contention for Cy Young's. That's a guy that when you dig into a little bit, he's even better on the road. And this is a game where they're playing at Pittsburgh. Then on the flip side, you look at Pittsburgh and it's Rich Hill. The guy has been around forever. He throws left-handed, and Chicago had a disappointing year for the most part last year, but the one thing that they've done this year and last year is they can hit left-handed pitching. So, And both bullpens for both teams stink, so I was looking at taking the White Sox in the first five innings on the money line, roughly minus 125. Um, yeah, I, I can see that. That's the only way I could possibly take the White Sox. Um, you know, this is here we go right again. You know, the White Sox are playing San Francisco um, this afternoon, probably first pitch right about now. Um, and so they got to play that game. Uh, I haven't looked at their starting lineup. They probably rested a couple of people uh, who will be there against Pittsburgh tomorrow, but they still got to play. They got to fly. Uh, and uh, let me what, let me look here real quick. Is that the Pirates' first home game? I mean, uh, you know, uh, they're probably yes, going to be. It would yeah, be the first home. Yes, yeah, the first home game. I mean, you can't take the White Sox because right now they're sitting there with a bullpen on the season of what six eight games their ERA is around seven and their whip is over two and for those that don't know what whip is it's walks and hits per innings pitched so technically uh, their bullpen not technically actually their bullpen is putting 2.1 base runners on per inning so that's not something I ever want to back yeah it may be something that's going to regress Going forward, I mean, nobody's going to suck that bad over an entire season, but it's one of those things that until they do start to regress, I can't bet on them. So, yeah, the only way I could take uh, the White Sox is in the first five innings. Absolutely, absolutely agree with you there. Part of the bullpen issue, it's Liam Hendricks, who arguably over the last few years has been one of the better closers. I know he's missing – uh, yep. Part of the season so far with with cancer, he's dealing with cancer, so that's another problem. The biggest anchor in their bullpen's not there, so yeah, I liked it in the first five, but there was a part of me that was saying it was too easy. I mean, I'm not sure that one is. I mean, you know what you got to look at. Now, they haven't put the first five lines out yet, right? They but, haven't. Yeah, exactly. And if they're minus one twenty five for the game, like batters, like know what we're talking about professional betters. I know that I would, I would, I don't want to, I don't like to guarantee anything. I would come close to guaranteeing that the first five innings will be uh, much more expensive. I mean, people know that, but nevertheless, it's more expensive for a reason. It's probably the right bet. Gotcha. So that was the first one that stuck out to me. Another one where I was looking at it and I kind of wanted to take it but I held off the full game and ended up taking a first five total. I looked at the San Francisco Giants taking on the Kansas City Royals. That one's going to be played in San Francisco. I looked at the under four and a half for the first five innings. And the reason why I looked at the under, 
San Francisco and, and both Kansas City, their offenses have been awful this season. And last year, they weren't much better. I think in 2023, we get the 2022 version of the San Francisco Giants and not the 2021 version that won 100-plus games. I think that was a outlier season. And Kansas City's still super early into rebuilding. You look at the two starting pitchers, Brad Keller has only been seen by one hitter on the San Francisco team in his life. On the flip side, Alex Cobb, he's only been seen by four, but he's extremely much better pitcher at home in his entire career splits. Like I said, I think both pitchers haven't seen a ton of the batters, and these offenses are not very potent. Yeah, I could totally see that. The other thing you know, AT&T Stadium, I believe, their their ballpark, because that's a big park. That is a pitcher's park and probably one of the best pitcher's parks in all of baseball. So um, that would lend more credibility and, and more 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 meat behind your over. And, and the other thing that I think I would look at is lineups, like they play this afternoon. Um, what in other words, what's their lineup going to look like tomorrow? And you know, today they rested Yastrzemski, but I think they rested Estrada, their shortstop. Uh, so they'll be back in the lineup tomorrow, uh, you would think. But you know, do they rest guys like Peterson and J.D. Davis um, tomorrow? I, I mean, I don't know. I, I actually I would hope that they would if you're going to take the under. I'm kind of a kind of a fan of uh, Alex Cobb only in that he always seems to pitch better than his metric suggests he would and he's cost me a lot of money so he's probably going to throw a five inning shutout and you would be correct well i went through his numbers and he's like one of those really really weird pitchers that has just ginormous splits where it's like every single year you can look at his numbers and it's like all right at home last year he was he had an era of 265 and then on the road, it's nearly six. And then you go back and look at the year before, and it's like he had a home ERA around three. And then the his road ERA was five and a half. It's just crazy home. Well, sports. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go out on a limb here, and I'm gonna bet you that some of that is clearly based that he pitches in San Francisco. And I, I, I don't know the answer, but if you probably go back to when he pitched in Tampa Bay, which was also a pitcher's park i bet he had uh not awesome splits back then as well that's interesting because now i don't want to get off on too much of a tangent but another guy that i found that has just really crazy splits but these are actually quite opposite is kevin gossman for the toronto blue jays guy's incredible on the road doesn't matter Mm -hmm. if he was with the orioles the braves the uh, blue jays he's always been great on the road and Worse at home. Yeah, well, you know, Toronto is, especially for four and a half of the six months, they play in a hitter's park with the roof open. So um, Toronto is one of those ballparks where you will see a lot of higher totals and a lot of games go over in spite of that. And, you know, when he was at Baltimore, he, he didn't do well. And until they made the renovations, at Camden Yards or the ballpark at Camden Yards or whatever they want to call it. Um, Baltimore was a big time hitters park. So I think that's why he got bounced around and, and, and bought up fairly cheap. And now like where he is, I mean, when he's bad, he's really bad, but you're right. Absolutely. 
So those were a couple of the games that really just jumped out to me, I guess, the most. Like I told you earlier, I, I really don't have a ton of sides in these games. I had the White Sox in the first five innings on the money line. The only game that I looked at for the entire uh, game on the sides was actually Seattle plus the money at right around plus 100 against the, the Cleveland Indians. That, that was the only game that I even considered looking at the side. Yeah, you know, I, I was going to bring up that game if you didn't, because there's a, you know, a couple of angles there. I mean, um, I think it's Savali uh, against uh, who's Gilbert. Gilbert, yeah. And uh, these teams played a series. They just finished a series uh, in Cleveland. And these pitchers have pitched against each other recently. Now, usually, I will almost always default. And if you want to track this over the course of the season, go for it. Because I'm going to guarantee you I'll make money. When there's rematches of pitchers, and even if it's like eight weeks from now, the almost opposite result usually happens. In other words, what's his name for the uh, for the Indians there? Uh, I'm trying to Savale. help you out here. Uh, their pitcher. Aaron Savale. Yeah, Savale. I mean, how did he pitch against Seattle last time? So I got um, it right here for you. Yeah, yeah. he shot him down. Seven innings, two hits, uh, one walk. You know, and Gilbert, I, Gilbert threw quite well as two. I mean, he threw six innings, gave up only one run. Right. So I guess technically Savale pitched outpitched Gilbert, but if you're saying it could very well be the opposite, both right. guys pitched extremely well. Are we right. looking at maybe a, a total over here? Yes, exactly. You know, obviously that would depend on whether Seattle's a I mean, it's a bit more of a pitcher's park, I'm sorry. Uh, and and the thing that we gotta you know, the Mariners bullpen has not been very good at all, and Cleveland's actually has. So with that said, and and knowing that, you know, uh, you know, Seattle lost that game, uh, I would be definitely wanting to play the over. I would hope it would come out. What do you got it at, Nelson? Right now I'm checking it. The over is currently eight. Yeah, I would definitely like the over at eight. I would love the over at eight. I'd like the over at eight and a half. I probably wouldn't touch it at nine uh, yeah, because I, you know, what, what happens is on these quick turnarounds, you know, teams make adjustments and uh, they will make adjustments to hit these pitchers better. And what Savali and Gilbert did last time, what worked last time won't work this time. I mean, I would be shocked if it was a two to one game. Yeah. Right here, looking at this Seattle Cleveland game right now, Cleveland is favorites. Minus 125 on the money line. Seattle coming back at plus 100. Total is at eight, but there is some juice to the over. Yeah, I would expect that there would be. Uh, and this would be a game that if you like Seattle, you want to take them for the first five innings because their bullpen has not been very good. They got, you know, I think they've been, they've been, uh, uh, there's a word I'm searching for here, but I mean, they're on borrowed time. Their ERA is reasonable. Their whip is a, is over one and a half, and that is not good at all. So I would want to take that out of the equation. But I would count on that for Cleveland getting some runs later if they don't get them uh, off of Gilbert early. But, you know, just kind of looking at it like, you know, we want to eliminate as many variables. And the Seattle bullpen is a variable 
and the Indians, uh, Guardians, excuse me, bullpen is not. I mean, they got to whip under one, which is Cy Young-like. So, you know. Yeah, and, and just for a rule of thumb for people out there wondering what a good whip is, normally the standard whip, if you're under 1.2 to 1.3, it's normally pretty solid. But again, yeah, you get over the 1.3, that starts to get a little high. Mm-hmm. Especially when you were talking, oh, you were talking about the bullpen uh, in one of those other games that we discussed where it's like, yeah, their whip is over two. That is yeah. disgustingly high. Yep, yep. And the other thing you got to know, you know, again, Cleveland just saw all of Seattle's bullpen, and but Seattle saw all of Cleveland's bullpen. So can Cleveland continue that, you know, phenomenal whip that they got going on uh, i you know i rather doubt it i mean that has to regress so all that to me just signals that i would play the over and pay the juice i mean i can't see other any other way, way to play that game other than if you like seattle uh, i could get behind them first five innings well i think we just talked ourselves into our first official bet for the podcast going through the games talking it through i think the first official bet today will go with cleveland Seattle over the eight paying some juice. Yeah, I would, I would, I could, I can be down with that. Um, and that's one of those that I would probably uh, chalk up to. Um, I, I need to know what the weather's going to be like tomorrow. Although I think they have a roof there. They do have a roof. Um, and I, I would love to know who the umpire is, but we don't know that yet. But I definitely I mean, have another angle there. It's, you know, it's Seattle's first home game. So, uh, you know, they've had the day off. If they traveled or flew last night, that's a situ- situation I don't really love. Uh, so, yeah, let's do it. Mariners' first five innings. So another game that I looked at that it kind of made me go, hmm, this total's pretty low. Maybe I should go under it. It was Cincinnati and Philadelphia. Now, the Cincinnati Reds, they have Hunter Green on the mound. Philadelphia Phillies are are countering with Zach Wheeler. Now, on the surface, you look at these two. Hunter Green, you know, he's a big-time prospect coming up for the Reds. Throws extremely hard. ERA is north of eight. Zach Wheeler, who was just right in the Cy Young discussion not too long ago, after his first start, he's got a ERA over eight. But when you dig into the numbers, Philly is at home in this game. Zach Wheeler has been an absolute machine at home in his career with great splits at home. And weirdly enough, Hunter Green has been better on the road. Now he does pitch at a great great American ballpark, which is a small park that everyone can hit it out of. But yes, he does pitch better on the road. And you look at these two teams – Green's only been in the majors for one season, hasn't seen a ton of Philly. And weirdly enough, I went through Wheeler's numbers, and he has hardly been seen by Cincinnati, even though he's been around for a while. I thought that was both strange. Number was super low at seven. Figured, you know what, this might be low for a reason. I'll go under the seven runs between the Reds and the Phillies. Yeah, you have to do that. I mean, first thing I look at when I saw that, I think I, what was the total on that? Was it seven? I thought it was eight. Seven on on where I was looking at that. That almost seems too low, but it it was sitting at seven with a lot of juice to the over. Yeah, 
because I've seen some eights. Um, at seven, oh, that's a, that's such a tough one. I mean, I don't think I could ever take a Phillies under because their bullpen um, last year wasn't great and this year is not great. I mean, I, I know it's a six-game sample size and all on the road and, and against decent hitting teams, but, you know, with an ERA over eight and a whip over two, I don't want to play on your team. Uh, but I could definitely see a, a first five-inning bet. I mean, I trust Wheeler and I trust Green. I mean, you know, you mentioned ERAs and whips, but, you know, that's one game, what, seven or eight innings. So, you know, you're right to dig further. And the fact that they haven't seen each other is probably a very good thing. I mean, and we're back to the fact that, you know, it's the Phillies' first home game as well. Uh, so you're going to see the Phillies' A lineup because they don't play today. Um, and Cincinnati doesn't, in some circles, have an A lineup. So, and their bullpen is not great, but, you know, there you go again, as they play, as you know, and a lot of people do um, in a small, small, small stadium. I mean, I think it's only behind Coors Field in terms of um, total runs over the course of a season. And uh, they have not performed well in the back end. So that, again, it would go to me, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to take the first five under there um, and I'm going to bet on the Phillies for the game. I don't care what the number is. They won't lose. All right. So there's Dave going in with uh, taking the Phillies on the money line. And then he's going to go with the under in the first five innings uh, between the Reds and the Philadelphia Phillies. Are, so, we not, are we not talking about your brews? See, uh, I didn't. I didn't want to bring it up, Dave, because I didn't want to be a homer. <laughs> you gotcha. See, I looked at. I looked at the game. I wanted to take the Brewers, but then I. I want to try and be objective as well. So, what do you give me your objectivity? Do you don't trust? Do you not trust Woodruff or what? Well, that's the thing. Woodruff has arguably been their second best pitcher behind Corbin Burns, who's won a Cy Young and been in the running for Cy Young in the top five the last three years. I mean, this is a game where it's basically it's it's both minus 110 for both teams. It's straight up, who do you like better? I trust Brandon Woodruff way more than I trust Jack Flaherty. Jack Flaherty hasn't been able to stay healthy. I, I mean, the Cardinals' bullpen has been so-so this year. But both teams have been hitting quite well. Uh, the Brewers had a little bit of stop in their momentum. You know, they, they had technically what is today, Thursday off. I guess I would leave. I, I want to take the Brewers, but I don't want to seem like a homer. Okay, well, maybe you should take the under. How do, how do you feel? I mean, you know, you 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 sort of dissed my man Flaherty. Um, there's another guy, if you want to look at his career, I think you'll find his splits are – Pretty amazing, um, and he's not a guy I want to bet against uh, at at uh, at at Bush Stadium, and I don't want to bet against the Brewers and Woodruff either. You know their bullpen's obviously been good, um, and so has the Cardinals. Uh, so I totally can see an under bet here, Nelson, without too much trouble at all. I mean, if you look at the Cardinals bullpen, I mean it, it's not as bad. Uh, it's not as, quite as good as the Brewers, but it doesn't suck. And they've just played Toronto and uh, and Atlanta. So they've played good hitting teams. And this is also their first home game. So it would be tough to bet against the Cardinals, but you, are, you have a point. So I like the Brewers. I think if I like the Brewers, I'd probably 
I probably have to go first five, but I actually think this is going to be a very low scoring game. So what do you got for a game total? Well, currently for the total in this game, it's at eight and a half with juice on the under. Mm-hmm. I don't doubt that. Well, that means it's not going to go to nine. Not, I mean, 99.9% not going to nine. So it's eight and a half now. I would take the eight and a half now um, if I could. And because I would think that would probably close at eight. So there's your closing line value. If it lands at eight, we win. Uh, if it lands at eight, everybody else pushes. So, yeah, I actually do like that quite a bit. Again, you know, we got to, before I make that bet, we got to see what the weather's going to do in, in bushland. And it would be nice to know who's umpiring, which you can't always have well, everything. I'll tell you this. I know what the weather is going to be for the game. It's it's in American Family Field. Now, one thing I do want to bring up about that game, is there ever, like, I know you're a Boston Red Sox fan, so you watch more, we'll say, Boston Red Sox games, and you know that the Boston Red Sox just have this one Yankees pitcher's number. That's kind of how I feel with Flaherty. The Brewers have had his number at times the last few years. But I get well, what you're He's good. Yeah. Okay, so what's and it's but yet it's one ten one ten. It is so technically they're giving the Brewers nothing for home field advantage, which is a little bit surprising. I can't bet against the Brewers. I just can't. I I have to. I, you're. I think you're right. I think you have to take the Brewers. I know these teams have epic matchups, but you know I I gotta take the Brewers. Um, you know you look at St. Louis's schedule, and I'm, if I'm not mistaken. Um, they played, I think, all games at home. So this is going to be their first road game. Um, I know they played Atlanta and Toronto, but, um, you know, they've been beating the crap out of the ball. I mean, they've got two or more home runs in every single game. So you got to be leery about that. Maybe I'll maybe I'll retract my first five under. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, that's a tough one. Um yeah, they've been giving up a lot of hits. I mean, they've given up double digit hits or more in every game. I think they gave up 19 the last time McCullough's pitched, so he didn't get a whole lot of runner support. Um, lost that game 10 to 9. I don't know. That's going to be a tough one. I mean, it's 110, 110 for a reason. If you make me, I'm taking the team in their first home game. It really almost comes down to being as simple as that. Another game that I wanted to look at was the Oakland A's Tampa Bay Ray game. Now, the total in this game is at eight with some juice to the under. But I was looking at it, and with the pitching matchup, it was Zach Eflin, uh, former Philadelphia Philly, what, former Boston Red Sox, if I remember correctly. Unfortunately, yes. <laughs> and this is a game where he's pitching for the Rays. On the flip side, you have a kid, Ken Walderchuk, Never heard of him, but neither has Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay has never seen him. And then on the flip side, Eflin has been good as of late the last couple of years, but hardly anyone from Oakland has seen Eflin. And Oakland doesn't score runs. I wanted to take the under eight here. Yeah, I mean, that number is ballpark specific. I mean, obviously Oakland is a, a huge ballpark, but, you know, Tampa Bay is a dome. It's a big park. Um, I have been burned taking overs in Tampa Bay my entire life when it looks to me like it should be. So I'm with you um, 
on the on the under. I mean, the other thing you got to look at um, the situation here. I mean, today Tampa Bay is off, so yeah, they're going to have both bullpens are going to be healthy. Yep, I can see that. I mean, I could also see taking the race for the first five if it isn't too expensive because, as you mentioned, Oakland is not going to put up a lot of hits. Well, Tampa is favored in that game, minus 220. So, like you said earlier in the podcast, it's probably going to be even more expensive to take Tampa Bay in the first five. But, yeah, I just feel like – Well, that's a game – now, we talked about this last week. That's a game you can – I think we took teams like plus a half a run for the first five. You can take – Tampa Bay minus a half a run for the first five, and probably you'll be able to get that down around minus 140. I just feel like this game could almost turn into, you know, Tampa Bay's unfamiliar with the starting pitcher for Oakland. That might buy him once, twice through the lineup. Then on the flip side, if Eflin pitches as well as he has the last couple of years, is this triple A team in Oakland going to be able to score runs? It might be just a one, you know, one team scoring the runs in this type game. And then Tampa Bay by themselves would have to score nine for us to be a loser. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I mean, the, and the Bay, the Rays pitching staff, uh, full game starters, uh, closers, relievers, middlemen in the six games that they've played this season to date, they've given up two home runs. I mean, that you can't ignore. Uh, and they're in a pitcher's park against a light-hitting team. So, yeah, um, I'm with you. Dave, any other game you wanted to look at or that had caught your eye that you were thinking, yeah, I, I probably will bet this? You know, there's a couple that there's a couple of pitchers I like. Actually, um, the Cubs and the Rangers game, Eovaldi and Stroman. Um, what do you got for a number on that? Because I really like the Cubs here. So the Texas Rangers taking on the Chicago Cubs. Cubs currently favored minus 120 with a total of eight and a half. Yeah, I mean, I, I love Marcus Stroman. I mean, I don't think he gets enough credit for uh, the way he's been pitching. I mean, and it's not just this year. It's been the last four years. I mean, he's and, – and again, he's somebody that um, the Rangers have never, ever seen. And the Rangers' eyes are probably going to be a little bit big because they're in Wrigley Field. And it's like, oh, my God, we're finally here. And, oh, my God, I can hit it over that wall, no problem. So I think that that's a, going to be a detriment to the Rangers. So I'm – and I need Evaldi, you know, he has his games now and then. But he puts a lot of people on base. And when he misses, he doesn't give up a string of hits. He gives up home runs. And obviously, again, we're in Wrigley. So I really like the Cubs in that one quite a bit. Yeah, and I actually looked at that game as a, a game that I was considering taking, uh, potentially betting and wagering, and I looked at it as Strowman's been around for a while, Valdi's been around for a while. You know, both of them have kind of been seen by the opposing team just through the years. Strowman actually, since he's been a Chicago Cub, had a worse splits at Wrigley Field. Valdi, kind of like you said, he can look good here and there, but he also can get hit pretty hard. I would actually lean to the over in that game. Yeah, I mean, we got to know what the weather is. I mean, if you ever watch a uh, on screen, which I do all day, the books don't usually uh, put up totals in Wrigley until game day and oftentimes a few hours before the game because 
obviously it's it's so volatile in that stadium with the weather. So yeah, I mean if I could find an eight and a half, yes. But I have a feeling that when the market settles and people actually get to betting it, um, it might be it might be less depending on what the weather is. Okay, so so, so Dave, what I'm seeing here real quick, it looks like it's gonna be about forty four degrees and partly sunny. Yeah. One twenty first pitch at Wrigley. Yeah, which way is the wind blowing? It it's Wrigley. It swirls all around. But real quick, uh, there, uh, what are your bets for today's podcast for everybody out there? You want me to make them right now? Yep. I mean, okay. Well, let's recap. What did I? Uh, what was that first five that I loved? The first five that you really liked, I believe that was the Philadelphia Phillies. Yeah, got that. We're on that. We're on that, and I'm also going to bet the Tampa Bay Rays minus a half a run for the first five innings. Those are my those are my two favorites. Dave's official picks. He's going with the Rays minus half a run in the first five innings, and the Tampa Bay Rays they'll be taking on the Oakland Athletics. His second pick, he's going to be taking the Philadelphia Phillies minus half a run and they'll be taking on the Cincinnati Reds. The two that I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with the Oakland Athletics and the Tampa Bay Rays under eight runs for the total game. And then the second one that I'm going to take, I'm going to go with the Seattle Mariners and the Cleveland Guardians over eight runs. So there you yeah, and, and I think that last one is the only one I'm not sure about. I agree with you on the other two 100%. So that'll be our picks for the podcast. So just real quick, I'll read that off again. Dave is going with the Philadelphia Phillies minus half a run in the first five innings against the Cincinnati Reds. He's also going to take the Tampa Bay Rays minus half a run in the first five innings against the Oakland Athletics. And then I'm going to take the Oakland Athletics in the Tampa Bay game under eight runs. And then the Seattle Mariners Cleveland Guardian game over eight runs. That'll once again wrap up winner's take. That's our second pod. Again, these games are good for that Friday, April 7th slate. So all the games should be about uh, a day and a half for when we get this up. Should get it up soon. Dave, want to thank you again. And uh, hopefully we can get some winners today. Uh, I'm sure we will. You know, baseball is one of those seasons that's I'm I'm not at all worried about a slight losing day. We got six months. It's going to go that way. It's a long season. Strap in for the marathon and let's win some money. The Winner's Take is your podcast for everything gambling at MadCitySportsZone.com. In the Zone app or wherever you get your podcasts, listen, rate, subscribe.